Wednesday on Broadway for Friday, May 10th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. May the 10th be with... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Broadway stars James Marino. James, on a scale of of one to infinity, how 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 bad is your FOMO right now? Oh, it, it's into infinity and beyond. And beyond. Because your wife is currently at Madison Square Garden as we're recording, seeing Billy Joel whom is an amazing thing to see at any time. But after like a year and a half or however long this show ran on Broadway, you couldn't get in. Bruce Springsteen showed up at the concert and you are not there. The struggle is real. It is. At least you got the Netflix special. Yeah. It's uh Springsteen on MSG with Billy Joel. <laughs> it's not like, you know, all you need now is like Kelly O'Hara to come in and sing with them a trio or something. <laughs> well, like that. not sing with them, just do a podcast. Oh man. Oh, if I all pinch right. my nose it won't bleed as much. That's right. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, I want to mention that despite all of the bad talking we've done about this show and might be doing here in a minute, um, Jan Simpson will have the book writer of Tootsie the Musical, Robert Horn, uh, on a new episode of Stagecraft this weekend. So it'll be in your feeds on Saturday morning, tomorrow morning. So make sure to check that out. James has listened to it and said that it's a an interesting uh, conversation, especially based uh, in light of the things that we've talked about earlier this week and might bring up again here in a few minutes. So um, definitely take a listen to that. I'm excited to hear Jan's conversation with Robert Horn. So I just also want to mention is that uh, Michael Portantier's review of Tootsie last week or the week before, I think it was last week, uh, he talked about one specific section where it was like one of the problems he had with the book of Tootsie was that yeah, uh, I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, the character um, becomes famous during previews of the Broadway show. So totally. The, the, and, and it says it's not really realistic and things like that. Jan Simpson actually asked him about that. I'm not. I don't think it was related to Michael Michael's review. I mean, it could have been, but I don't think it was. But he's got an answer for that, and they talked about it extensively. So I was, you know, it's a great interview. Listen to Jan Simpson's interview with Robert Horn. So, first up in the news, stars join Mrs. Doubtfire musical reading. Hmm. Yes. Tootsie and Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, that's why we're going to be talking about Robert Horn a little bit more, at least in the abstract. But, uh, yeah, just a couple days uh, after we talked about an article that bemoaned the use of a man in a dress as comedy – here we are talking again about a musical comedy about a man in a dress. We last discussed this show last summer, James, and now we are learning that the musical will have a private reading next week. At, at the time, I predicted that this would happen within six months. It's been about uh, it's been about nine months. But uh, either way, um, directed by Jerry Zaks with a script and score by the Something Rotten team of John O'Farrell and Carrie and Wayne Kirkpatrick. The show will star Rob McClure and Kate Baldwin, presumably in the Robin Williams and Sally Field roles, as well as Mario Cantone, I imagine, in Harvey Firestein's role, which honestly, James, if you were going to cast somebody to play a role originated by Harvey Firestein, Mario Cantone is about as perfect as you can get, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that seems like perfect casting. Also in the company will be Cinderella and something rotten original company member Peter Bartlett, who will always be Ace of Buchanan's butler Nigel on One Life to Live to Me, uh, along with dear Evan Hansen's Mallory Bechtel, James Hibbard, Cameron Adams, Michael James Scott, Nick Rashad Burroughs, Charity Angel Dawson, and more. Great cast. Great creative team. I wish them and every uh, – each and every one of them nothing but the absolute best 
both personally and professionally. Now, James, as I've said, we've discussed the show numerous times. We've actually outlived two creative teams on this show because originally it was going to be Harvey, uh, David Zippel and Alan Minkin writing it. That's the first time we talked about this show. Um, but the, one of the times we talked about it was back in 2018. We actually discussed it uh, alongside Tootsie, but it was actually me and Julie Musback. And we talked about this show in the abstract again because we hadn't seen it and hadn't seen Tootsie yet either. But um, about many of the same issues that Christian Lewis's article, which we talked about a couple of days ago, um, a lot of those same issues that he focused on. And then last summer, you and I talked about the fact that this was yet another Broadway show and especially yet another big budget movie to musical adaptation of, for a Broadway show with a primary creative team of all white guys. Now, I don't bring these things up to score woke points, although I will have links to the aforementioned conversations in the show notes if you want to listen and then send said points our way. But instead, to highlight that I think, whether it was a year and a half ago or nine months ago, uh, I think that these issues are slowly but surely becoming more and more a point of contention in the community and the voices of opposition to these types of things are growing louder. And while I don't necessarily think that we're at a point now when these concerns are going to derail a production of Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical, um, from having an out-of-town tryout or Broadway uh, run if the producers want to make that happen. Um, but if they do end up coming to Broadway, I, I hope that the producers and the creative team pay attention to the voices who are in good faith voicing their concerns. Um, because if they don't, I, I think that we could see a mounting tide of of contention that could come back and bite them if they don't learn some of the lessons from previous things, including from Tootsie. Tootsie's got 11, 20 nominations. Everybody in the critical community seems to like it, but there there is an undertow of, of dissension on that. And I hope that as we move forward, people learn the lessons of shows like this. So in the business world and Broadway is the business of show, um, there's a thing called pipeline and pipeline is, you know, what you're doing now eventually ends up as, you know, some sort of product or revenue or something service mm -hmm. da da down X number of months. So uh, this pipeline for, uh, you know, Doubtfire, we're in the middle of it of 18 months in and they're doing the reading. Uh, I think 18 months ago, um, it was less of uh, uh, a shouting from the rooftops about uh, agreed bringing bringing people in. So I wonder if in the, in eighteen months from now, and so if we're gonna start seeing a, a, a lot of the reaction from the the Broadway producers uh, starting to do um, it, be more inclusive. So I you I know. I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not foretelling it. I'm just wondering if that that's what's happening here because certainly you can't. You know, they announced it 18 months ago. They weren't about to change it. You know, six months ago. Well, they just to be clear, it was a it was one creative team of all white guys 18 months ago. It became a different creative team of all white guys ah. nine months ago mm -hmm. when this current creative team took over. But I am certainly not going to hold my breath that. Uh, Broadway producers are going to all of a sudden do an about face on representation in terms of creative teams or 
using things that some members of the non-binary community consider transphobic. Um, I, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I certainly hope that you're right. And these changes are currently in the pipeline, making their way towards the light of day. All right. Calendar reminders. Is this uh, a new Apple Watch segment that we're doing? <laughs> yes, but make sure you put your watch in theater mode. Um, yeah, just a few things that I wanted to remind people of because they are uh, fun, important things that you might want to make sure you pay attention to. The first one is this afternoon at 1 p.m. in Schubert Alley. It's going to run for a couple hours. It is this year's edition of Stars in the Alley, and I'm sure you will be able to find performances from all of the Broadway shows that will be there streaming on – you know, you can obviously go to Broadway World. We'll have so, someone there, social media streaming. But then after the fact, all the performances will be rolled out throughout the Tony Awards season. Alex Brightman will be hosting and there will be tons of performers there. Um, Caitlin Kinnanen, uh, Sarah Stiles, Jeremy Jordan, uh, George Salazar, Jen Colella, Andrew Barth Feldman, and many, many more. Uh, so make sure to pay attention to that. And then I'm, I'm going to put this in now. I debated whether I was going to put this into today's episode or into Monday's episode. But since I realized that many of you won't listen to Monday's episode until you've already left the house that day, uh, I want you to remember that Ali Stroker will be kicking off live with Kelly and Ryan's Broadway Week with a performance of I Can't Say No. So check your local listings and set your DVR. Ours. Throughout the course of ne next week, we will see Ali Stroker from Oklahoma. We will see uh, a performance from King Kong, including King Kong himself. He will not be in the studio. Uh, they will be actually going to the Broadway theater. We'll have George Salazar performing Michael in the bathroom for Be More Chill. Kelly will actually go backstage uh, at, at Tootsie. And then uh, Town will cap off the week with performance of Way Down Town. So uh, check your local listing, set the DVR for all of the Kelly and Ryan shows this coming week. Can they do Michael in the Bathroom on network television? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the song very well. Oh, uh, yeah. Do they have some things that might not be appropriate? I'm trying to think through, uh, quickly through the lyrics in my head. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Beetlejuice changed their lyrics, so I guess, uh, they, you know, for the Al Roker yep. uh, Hoda appearance. Mm -hmm. Have yep. you seen this, uh, the, the Michael Cordy video, video of Alphabet in the Bathroom? James? Yeah. We uh, we discussed it on this show. Yeah, but I have you seen it today because you watched it every day? I have not watched it uh, today. I, I, and I'll give you maybe it's a day I did the show by myself. But yes, <laughs> Elfie in the Bathroom, Sierra Renee uh, performing uh, a cover version, a modified parody version of Michael in the Bathroom as Elphaba. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to assume I'm not going to look this up. I'm just going to assume that we discussed it on a day that you were not here. OK, what do we have in other news? <laughs> OK, Um <laughs> You heard it on uh, this show yesterday, unless you're James, who doesn't actually pay attention to anything that happens on this show. Um, but later on Thursday, it was confirmed that Desi Oakley will be taking on the role of Roxy Hart in the Broadway production of Chicago. But it comes with a twist. She will be doing the role in two week stints. I assume between runs by Charlotte Dambois and the Real Housewives of Varying Geographies. Oakley will play the Mary Murderess from May 23rd through 26th, then June 17th through 30th, and then again July 15th through the 28th, and then probably incrementally for the rest of her natural life. Next up, nearly a decade after the original off-Broadway production of Adam Guan's Ordinary Days began performances at the Roundabout Theater Company, RTC will be giving composer the composer only his second New York show when Lonnie Price directs the world premiere of the new musical Scotland PA. 
Pennsylvania. Uh, the show will be a roundabout underground production. It will begin performances on September 14th and is a limited engagement, officially opening on October 15th. In Scotland, PA Revenge is a dish best served with fries. This deliciously dark new musical comedy based on the cult film of the same name, as well as Shakespeare's Scottish play, springs to life in a sleepy Pennsylvania town where a burger joint manager and his wife cook up a plan to supersize their lives. As their ambitions grow grow and the bodies fall, the couple finds out just how far they'll go for a taste of the oh-so-tempting American dream. James, I am in, I am in, I am planning my entire fall trip around this show. My love for Ordinary Days and Adam Guan is 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 well known. I love Macbeth. I um, I'm ready. I'm everything. My entire schedule is being built around this show for the fall, James. Um, and finally, this is a fun one. Apparently, while talking to CNN, Broadway alum Fran Drescher teased that she would be bringing back the nanny, but not to TV. She confirmed not to TV, but instead potentially to a Broadway stage. When CNN asked of the possibility of it being a Broadway show, Drescher laughed and simply said, I can't say. She did later go on to mention that an announcement would be coming soon, but the producers weren't ready to make the announcement public. But she did say that they were well into the writing process and were already meeting with directors. Now, James, I... I, I remember the nanny TV show fairly well. Um, and I know that the man that she nannied for, and I think maybe eventually married on the show was a Broadway producer. I think he hated Andrew Lloyd Webber. I, I don't know if I, that's correct, but I feel like he hated Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, so I guess this could work setting it in a theatrical setting. Could, it could, uh, could make it work. But um, what do you think? Should this go more of a play route or more of a musical route? I feel like if they're deep into writing it and just now finding a director that lends itself generally more towards a play than a musical where they normally bring on the directors earlier on. But, but what do you think? But will, will this work? Uh, I think the nanny, I, I can't say that I watched it very often. I've seen a handful of, of, uh, of episodes here and there, but I, I, my take on the nanny was that it really didn't, the story didn't matter and nothing else mattered. It was the Fran Drescher show. Would you think that she would star in the Broadway production of the nanny Uh, play or the musical? I saw some people online saying Leslie Kritzer. Yeah. uh, Well, I'm down with that. uh, No, Leslie Kritzer in anything I'm down for, you know, uh, I'm not sure that it needs the name The Nanny behind it and, because I don't think The Nanny without Fran Drescher in it. It was kind of like the head over heels, the Go-Go's mistake. You well, know, if somebody comes to see The Nanny on Broadway and Fran Drescher's not in it, we're going to have some angry angry housewives of Long Island. Well, we've already I've already put down housewives of... Uh... <laughs> Varying geographies earlier. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I, I don't know that Fran Drescher needs to be in it. Um, but I, I actually heard great reviews when she was in Cinderella um, as Madame. Uh, so I, I think she could probably do it if she wanted to. But I, it depends on what they're going to do with the story. Is it going to be a continuation of the TV show? Is it going to be like reframing the TV show in a different setting? We, it didn't really work super well with the Honeymooners uh, or Happy Days. Those TV shows, those classic sitcoms brought to the stage, both as musicals, um, neither of them ever ended up coming to Broadway. They didn't get great reviews. Uh, so who knows? We'll, we'll see what they do with this one. 
So I'm looking at the IMDb credits for The Nanny, and it looks like CBS owns it. Yeah, it was on CBS. But yeah, I think that, you know, even... Even though your show shows up on whatever, you know, NBC right. doesn't own the West Wing. You know, Warner, Warner Brothers owns the West Wing. But it says TriStar Television, CBS, Stern and Frasier, Inc., High School Sweethearts. Those are the four producing companies. Uh, but CBS is up on top. I don't know if it's alphabetical. Yes, A-C-H-S-T. Yeah, it's alphabetical. So I don't know. We'll have to see, you know, uh, if... The, if the Broadway people that are involved with this, um, you know, are able to pull a rabbit out of a hat, you know. But again, if you're going to do The Nanny without Fran Drescher, then I think you're going to have angry people. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. As uh, Matt mentioned, we have Jan Simpson tomorrow in, your, in the feed on Saturday and on Sunday this week on Broadway. Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia and I will be there. And then uh, back on Monday, Matt and I will be back in your ears. We'll talk to you then.